0: A pair of Amish men, with well-trimmed beards, black suits, and hats, engaged in conversation, came around the corner toward the bank. They were followed by a thin woman of no clear age, wearing a plain white Mother Hubbard dress and a tiny white bonnet. A boy and girl, who looked like twins, trailed the woman. The girl was dressed like the woman. The boy wore breeches, a long-sleeved white shirt, and suspenders. Both children appeared to be about ten. I glanced at W.C. Fields, who sat beside me in the back seat of his Cadillac. He was sipping a drink from his built-in bar, plenty of gin, ample vermouth, large jar of olives, and box of toothpicks the size of a cigar box. He was also squinting in the general direction of the Amish family, which now entered the bank. Fields was over sixty, and wore what he described as a foolproof disguise, a gray jacket and trousers, a white shirt with a large bow tie, and a cheap Hitler-style mustache clipped to his nose, which had the effect of making the already admirably sized appendage look even larger. Might be him, said Fields, pointing toward the bank. Disguised as a Mormon. They're Amish, I corrected. We were in Lancaster, Pennsylvania. It was April the 1st, 1943, a Thursday. The war was going well. The day before, U.S. flying fortresses had bombed the harbor and shipbuilding area of Rotterdam, the chief port of call for German coastal convoys. It was the ninth March raid on the Axis in Europe. Down Africa way, the English Eighth Army, under General Sir Bernard L. Montgomery, continued to advance against Rommel in Tunisia. In addition, six Axis ships were sunk in the Mediterranean by British subs Elmer Davis, director of war information, issued a warning against over-optimism, but predicted Rommel's defeat in time for an invasion of Europe before 1944. On the home front, a musical called Oklahoma had opened. It starred Alfred Drake, Celeste Holm, and Howard De Silva. On the airplane to Philadelphia, Fields had confidently predicted that a musical about a state and one with a dwindled population and almost impossible to find on the map— was doomed to failure within the week. Now Fields was as certain of the people who had entered the bank. Of course they're Amish, Fields retorted, disgusted at my ignorance. Amish Mormons, a rare sect, shunned by most in this community, living quiet lives of confusion and conviction. Have a distinct fondness for real Amish. I believe you mean Mennonites, Gunther corrected. It was a serious mistake on Gunther's part. "'Fields took a long sip from his martini glass "'and placed it on the bar in the back of the Cadillac. "'I had flown with Fields from Los Angeles to Philadelphia. "'Fields had hired me to help him recover money "'that he had stashed away in various bank accounts "'all over the country, "'a practice he had engaged in for over 40 years. "'He estimated that he had over a million dollars "'all over the place, "'plus a few hundred thousand in Europe, "'even fifty thousand in German banks.' In case the little bastards win, he explained. Haggling with Fields over my fee had almost taken enough out of me to send me to the loony bin. When I brought this up, he had seriously suggested the sanitarium that he, himself, visited frequently. Maybe we'll check in together, he said, after we complete our sojourn. Fields' car had been driven willingly across country by my friend Gunther Werthmann, a Swiss midget or little person, as he preferred to call himself, who made a comfortable living as a translator of several dozen languages. Gunther was about a yard high. He always dressed impeccably in three-piece suits, and drove quickly, and with expertise. After a few moments of suspicion, Fields had reluctantly taken a liking to Gunther, but insisted that whatever Gunther was paid would come out of my salary. The opportunity for the trip had come just as Gunther was about to drive off someplace on his own— to brood for a few weeks or months over a lost love who had just received her graduate degree in music from San Francisco State and would soon be taking a teaching job in Vermont. He was also doing his best to avoid an aggressive film publicist who had a thing for very small men. Both women were more than two feet taller than Gunther, but that had not stopped him. He had pursued both relationships with courtly dignity.